Welcome to Guys Without Helmets, a podcast all about pro and fantasy football. My name is Dave. I'm joined as always by my guys, Josh and Caleb. And once again, our good friend Tim Schneider is here with us tonight. Tim, how are we doing? Uh, we're great, man. I, I, as I was saying to you right before we, we went on, uh, I'm so pumped that football is back, and I can't wait, wait to talk football with you guys oh tonight. Oh my gosh, so much going on. This weekend, guys, was out of this world. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's just jump in. Anybody have anything that stood out from them from the Sunday or Monday night, Thursday night? We didn't talk about that. Anything at all? Um, I think, oof, a lot happened. I think a Urban Meyer happened. with the Jaguars is real interesting to see how we everyone thought the Texans would be the consensus worst team in the league, and they ended up putting it on them. And their Jaguars really didn't. Blah, 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 blah. The Jaguars really didn't do anything until no. garbage time at the end of the game. What, what he's saying is, Erwin Meyer sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to be nice, and I caught up my words up. But. And, and then the rumor came out, and it's a rumor because I, I heard him on uh, Outkick the coverage today, absolutely throwing us out of the water, that he's going to quit and go to USC, which is ridiculous for the record. Whoever put that out there, it's not happening, guys. He's he's going to see this through. Is it ridiculous though? What do you think? I don't know. It's Urban Meyer, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I was super stoked with the outcome of the Cowboys Bucks game. I thought it was a good. It was good for the game. It was something you could stay up and watch till the very end. Uh, defending champions at home uh, with with you know a team that America seems to be enamored with. The Cowboys love them or hate them, and it was a good showing. It came down to the wire. It was excellent. Uh, I was also um, super super excited to see some of these guys like Kyler Murray go at it. A little disappointed though that Ryan Tannehill seemed to be really flat. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I actually thought he would come out of the gate a little bit hotter, especially after the way uh, last season last season ended. He seemed solid. The team that uh, that stood out to me was Pittsburgh Steelers. I, mm-hmm. I loved watching what they did against uh, a tough Buffalo Bills team going into Buffalo. I don't know that too many people, even Steelers fans, had their expectations up for for uh, going into <laughs> to Buffalo and getting that dub. But but they did. They pulled it off, and uh, I was very impressed by by the Steelers. That was the one team that stood out to me the most. Yeah, I was really interested to see how the Eagles and Falcons would go out. I said last week, y'all can roast me for it, that Olamide Zacchaeus on the Falcons could be a good number three option. Mm-hmm. Didn't do anything week one. The Eagles really put it on him. Nick Sirianni, really impressive the first game. Jalen Hurts looked completely different than they did at the end of the last year. Yeah, I think he had a 90 QBR in this game. He looked really good. Yeah, and to oppose that, the Falcons looked like absolute trash. <laughs> Arthur yes. Smith, in the preseason, they didn't do anything. In the regular season right now, they're not doing anything. They just don't look promising at all. And Calvin Ridley did not impress other than the first few catches. I think he had the first two catches of the game, but beyond that, he wasn't good at all either. So... What was the most disappointing? What is a team or an effort, a game, that you think the outcome or the players disappointed you the most? For me, I mean, I would say this whether you're here or not, Tim. I don't know what's up with the Packers. Uh, the guy looks more like a yoga instructor than a quarterback at this point, which is, is he's zen. He's very he's found he's his zen. He's, um, he's very happy. And, you know, I just keep guy. thinking of him years ago saying, relax, right. you know. So it's Aaron Rodgers. But – more, what overshadowed my disappointment of the Green Bay Packers, perhaps, is uh, Jameis Winston. The guy just went out there and was super, super efficient. The days of him having to dink and dunk to get yards seem to be over in this regime. But let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Jameis Winston, he looked really good, surprisingly. He had 180 yards, I believe five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Very efficient, mm-hmm. very insane. It's not. I don't think it's sustainable. No. I think, especially not with teams like the Packers, I think – it was they're coming off the hype of the um the preseason with him his last game he lit it up with Marquez Callaway he didn't really use him in this game but their whole offense and defense were just playing way out of their league and it was really good really fun to watch and as a Packers fan Tim tell me this is obviously not nobody should take this to the bank Aaron Rodgers told you just relax you know right exactly. what's your take on well, this? well you know remember the great 
coach NFL or great uh, football coach Lou Holtz said, uh, "You're you're never as good <laughs> as people say you are when you win. You're never as bad as as you know they, they say you are when you, when you lose, yeah. right?" And so this to me is one of those cases. They look t- terrible. As a Packers <laughs> fan, I'll say that they look terrible. But it is just one game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not concerned about Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. I am concerned about how. A defense can look so lethargic the first week of the season. And I, I this goes back to what we spoke to a few weeks ago, that the strategy of some of these coaches of, of how you play the preseason. I get that you want to rest your, your starters to avoid injuries. And, you know, I'm sure Baltimore wish they had a mm. take two on some of those. But um, as far as the Packers go, they, they rested all their starters. And it almost looked like their first preseason game, not first regular season game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I would say also look, to piggyback on what Caleb said, uh, Jameis Winston, I mean, he should be better. He's got a good coach, a good system. He's had a chance to sit and learn a little bit, learn from his mistakes. I don't see him doing 30 picks again, you know, mm-hmm. in his career. Um, but he's in a better culture, better better team, good fit for him. So he'll do well. Um, but I do think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to take it out next week on the lowly Lions. <laughs> Speaking of that, there was a lot of talk about Jared Goff and how he could have done – exactly what Matthew Stafford did in terms of throw the long ball over the top. How do you guys feel about that? I disagree. I heard that, I believe, on Fox Sports Radio this week, and I thought, I I don't buy that. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think Matthew Stafford, obviously, the reason they traded so much for him is he does add that component where he can just score – Instantly, yeah. like the first, I think the first drive, I think it was the second play was a sixty-four yard pass to Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. just a bullet, and it was a touchdown. Jared Goff didn't do that. No, he would some when Brandon Cooks was there, he would do that occasionally, but that's because they had Brandon Cooks. But I think Matthew Stafford can make all of the receivers on this team play up to that level. Yeah, Jared Goff is uh, not going to do what Matthew Stafford did. His stats are kind of padded because of that dump off to DeAndre Swift, where he took it for forty some yards to yeah. the touch for a touchdown. They're also getting blown out by almost thirty points. <laughs> so a lot of it came trying to catch up to the Forty Nine ers. I don't think the game was as close. Obviously, we had a fumble and a onside kick that made the, or onside kick that made the, the uh, yeah. that made it close. Yeah. But the game really wasn't that close no. at all. And I think that his stats got padded towards the end. Yeah, I agree. Goff is a serviceable quarterback, but he's not Matthew Stafford. Matthew yeah. Stafford makes the receivers better, makes the team better. Goff is just there, in yeah. my opinion. And the, the receivers, I believe they only had like 39 yards going into mm. the fourth quarter. It was all Hawkinson and running back. So Jared Goff really wasn't delivering to his receivers either. I know he doesn't have many receivers, but you'd like to see more than 39 yards. Yeah. And I know last week me and Josh both parroted um, – Brandon Ayuk going crazy this game, outscoring their receivers. Obviously, he didn't play and do anything, yeah. but Debo Samuel outscored everyone on their offense. <laughs> so we were kind of right, I guess, but we yeah. weren't. We didn't pick the right guy. Yeah, unfortunately, he has a hamstring injury. We don't know what's happening because Shanahan. Shanahan. Not, he's not very vocal yeah. about yeah. anything. So <laughs> yeah. he he played a punt return and a couple of snaps and was benched. So that's unfortunate there. Yeah, one more thing I was kind of upset to see happen was Ryan Fitzpatrick go down so soon yeah. with yeah. a hip injury. He's gonna be out. They don't really know. I think a couple months he's on IR right now, but it, it's sad to see. I wish I would see that offense with him in there. Yeah. I'm curious to see what Taylor Heineke can do, though. Yeah, stay tuned. We're going to talk about that situation a little later in the show. I do want to also mention, Josh, this was your lock, and you said last week, you know, it's, it's probably common sense maybe. But it looked to me like the Browns had this game, and it's tough to go in Arrowhead and to put it on them. And the, the Chiefs were patient, and they were methodical, and they hung in there, and they hung in there, and then they turned it around. In fact, I got up and left for a minute to do something, came back, and, and I was like, Josh, the Chiefs are winning? And he looked at me like I was crazy. Um, but I that was a great win. But the Browns, I think, did the Chiefs win that game, or did the Browns let that one get away? 
the Chiefs definitely won that game. When you watch the last drive, I know Baker Mayfield threw a pick, but when you watch it, Sorensen, the linebacker for the Chiefs, he pulled Baker down and he underthrew it to the the corner, I believe, or safety, one of the two. But he underthrew it because he was pulling him to the ground. I think he was trying to throw it out of bounds there, like Tony Romo said. Right. I don't think it was really Baker's fault. I think that the Chiefs defense played up in that moment and made them win. Yeah, I think the Chiefs definitely won the game. The Browns didn't hand anything to them. Yeah. They might have gotten a little slow towards the end, and they didn't score in the last drive, as Caleb was just saying. But I think that the Chiefs make it look so effortless in their comebacks. Remember a couple of years ago, they were down like 30 points to the Texans in the playoffs. It was just score, 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 score. It looks too effortless. And I think that's what they did in this game as well. Yeah, as a as a football fan, you don't ever want to see your team lose. But for, for a Browns fan, I think you have to step away somewhat encouraged by this. Again, you never like seeing a loss. But similar to the Dallas loss, I would compare it to the fact that you've shown you can hang with the big boys and shown you can hang with... Um, let's let's be honest. Kansas City, for most people, was probably or probably still is the AFC the the pick to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So the fact that the Browns were right there on the road in Week One, coming out of the gate strong, I, I was impressed. Yeah, and we we keep saying here here in our circle that the Browns are dirty and they're they're going to be a handful for a lot of people. So stay tuned to that. Uh, I just want to wrap up our recap by talking about Monday night. It was at times an odd game and a, a boring game, then an exciting game. And then you blink and there's this exchange at the end. What are your thoughts on the Monday night opener? I think it was a really good game. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I called this as my upset that the Raiders winning at home. You did. Um, Baltimore, I said, was too banged up, and that showed. They ran a committee at running back. Although they were effective, they weren't as good as they normally are. They're really skimpy at wide receiver, and that really hurt them. I think that Darren Waller, obviously, is the star of this game. He was the whole offense for the Raiders. It seemed that at some point he just was forcing the ball to him every single pass. I mean, if it works, keep doing it. It it wasn't working. I mean, it was working. Did he have the most targets in a game for any Raider (laughs) ever? Yeah, 19. Most in any Raider. Yeah, and it seemed like the Raiders were trying to give it away. It really did at times. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my goodness gracious, how, how many ways can you try to give it away? And, and yet they still were able to find a way to pull it out at the end. And, people, you know, Raiders fans I know are encouraged, oh, this is one we would have lost last year. And so, you know, you take it, again, one week. But, I, you know, I'm not I'm not sold. I'm not saying the Raiders are a playoff <laughs> team. I'm not saying Raiders are going Super Bowl. But, you know, a, a win's a win. So I think you have to take it at that. Yeah, it was a very sloppy game. Obviously, we went to overtime. There was two turnovers back-to-back. Raiders trying to get a hard count on the one-yard line. I don't know why they weren't going to gain any yardage there. Yeah. What down was it? Second down, third down? It was first or second. First or second. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't I think don't, John Gruden likes his running backs. I don't understand no. I don't know. <laughs> He's coach, not me. But anyways, I was, I was happy to see that they're able to rely on someone that isn't Darren Waller. I'm glad to see Brian Edwards finally be a reliable target. He got like something like 80 yards in the last like minute and a half of the fourth quarter going into overtime as well. I was just great to see him finally play. Yeah, I agree. Here's the important things, guys. It was, in, by every account I can think of, a great opening week. Thursday night delivered. The The games for the week uh, end were fantastic, and the Monday night opener ended up being an excellent, excellent game. And John Gruden and the boys and, and uh, the Davis family get their first win with a full house there in las vegas so fantastic all right guys let's get into the bulk of our show as we've said before we're going to recap the past week and we are going to preview the upcoming week this is week two already of nfl action so let's jump right in guys anything on the schedule stand out before we get into our locks upsets and hot takes um other than a boring thursday night game coming up i'm just kidding um yeah daniel jones against taylor heineke but it's football we can't really complain about it right it's football yeah the thursday and monday night games look like Snoozers. Total blowouts. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but the Packers and the Lions is going to be with what Aaron Rodgers just did. He's, there's no way the Lions come out of there with a win. And as no. you're saying, the Giants and the Washington football team, you get a backup quarterback and oh, Daniel Jones. The one I'm most interested in, in is uh, Dallas at the Chargers. I think that's mm. a great matchup. I think Dallas, like I said before, showed uh, that they can play and hang with the big boys. And I think the Chargers, everyone that follows football is in agreement that they're they're around for for a while. They're, they're a solid team. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's going to be a battle of who can protect the football and, and just play crisp football. Yep, I agree. Well, let's go around the table here, guys. Let's go ahead and give our listeners our locks. Who would like to jump in first? I'll jump in with the Green Bay Packers. I know that's <laughs> yeah, a homer pick, but yeah. no, no. my goodness, Matt LaFleur has never lost back-to-back games in his short time as head coach of the Green Bay Packers. That They uh, were embarrassed, as they should have been, and I think you know the Green Bay is a huge football f- uh, team, and uh, I'm sorry, a huge football town, right. and, and they're, they're letting the team have it, and so I think they're going to come out strong home opener. Uh, again, not making excuses for them, but they had the heat to contend with. They will not have the heat on a Monday night in in Wisconsin. So I think Green Bay wins pretty easily there. So what's the weather like there? Is it is it cold yet? Uh, not not yet, <laughs> but but it's definitely not what it was in Jacksonville. It's the, the mild night, temperature right, right, the of mild, Lambeau yep, Field. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Detroit made Jimmy Garoppolo look like Aaron Rodgers last week, and I think uh, Aaron Rodgers going against Detroit is going to be even worse. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be dropping tons of touchdowns in that game. My luck, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers over the Falcons. I think the Buccaneers are the best team in football right now, the most balanced team. They have a top defense, and they obviously have a top receiving core and quarterback with Tom Brady. I think it's going to be really good, and as we saw the Falcons last week struggle so bad against a rookie coach and Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, I think the Bucs are – it's not even going to be fun to watch. The Bucs are going to put them out. Yeah, I don't see that being much of a contest. You Again, think- <laughs> two games in a row in, in uh, Raymond James, so that's going to be – the Falcons couldn't even hold back Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins right. <laughs> and yeah. put Evans Antonio and- Brown and Chris Godwin. Right. You know, let me back up for a second because we were watching Antonio Brown, and I didn't ask you guys this. I'm going to ask all, all three of you now. How many of you think AB is going to look more like old AB this year? I do because again, if you if you have the quarterback and you have the surround, he's not the number one receiver anymore. So now these opposing teams are putting their number one D backs, uh, d- defensive backs on on the number one uh, receivers, and so it allows AB to be open a lot more. Yeah, and as we saw in the Super Bowl, even up to last game, he's not guardable. He's embarrassing no. people with his routes. He, in the Super Bowl, he famously switched the route to be the opposite side that he was the coach told him to do. He still scored a touchdown. He's just too good to be the number three option, and he's going to be wide open in a lot of plays, especially yeah. against the Falcons. And it's great because he he's not going to get the target share like a number one receiver, as Tim was saying. But if one of those receivers missed games, last year he played a game where he was the number one target, and I believe he scored two or three touchdowns. So he, he can immediately fill the role of number one wide receiver while not having to be the number one wide receiver. Yeah, I just was watching Michael Gallup with a little toe tap and a couple nice sideline plays, and I couldn't stop thinking about how AB is Tony toe tap. Like, we're going to see, I think, a great year out of this guy, and and it's exciting. As a football guy, it was against my Cowboys, and it was embarrassing, but it's good to see him just absolutely break away. So I agree. Tampa Bay and Atlantic, folks, don't put it on. Just read the box score and pick lots of bucks for your fantasy team. Um, my lock, uh, I labored with this, guys, but I feel like that the Chargers should not be favored to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I love the Chargers, love what they're doing. Love Herbert. I have him on most of my fantasy teams. Um, I just feel like Dallas, this is a game where if they truly are had a moral victory against the Bucks, they need a real victory against the Chargers to solidify that. I think our defense looks a little different. So I think three points. Uh, 
given to the Chargers a mistake. I think Dallas beats the Chargers. All right, let's talk about um, – whoa, I went out of order. Yeah, I didn't get Josh right. Hamby. For my lock of the week, I'm going to do Pittsburgh over Las Vegas. I think the cornerback matchups for the Steelers are in favor of the Steelers, obviously. You have Trayvon Mullen, Casey Hayward, and Nate Hobbs. I think that's in favor for every Steelers receiver. When you look at the offensive line last night, Alex Leatherwood kept getting penalties called on him. He had a ton of penalties in his last two years in college. Denzel Good, their starting right guard, went down with a torn ACL. And their their offensive line all around is just very thin. John Simpson's filling in for Richie Incognito right now. And they're not starting Nick Martin. So I think that's a big problem, the offensive line. When you look at the defensive line for the Steelers last last week against the Bills, mm-hmm. Melvin Ingram was touching Josh Allen on almost every play. He's way more mobile than Derek Carr, obviously. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward against the soft interior offensive line is a big mismatch, I believe, and I just think that they're going to be getting after Derek Carr all over the place the entire game. All right, so that's our locks. Let's move over to upsets. You know, strangely, I I actually really like Carolina this week. I I know that's odd after New Orleans' performance against the Packers, but but I think New Orleans rides in maybe a little bit overconfident, um, and and I could see Carolina walking away. I, I like... I know Carolina didn't really wow anyone with a win over the Jets this this past week, but I like what they did. They protected the football for the most part. Um, they put together a solid solid team, and y- you have to love um, McCaffrey. I mean, you know, run CMC, <laughs> the best, at least best fantasy player in in all of sports yeah. uh, in in the NFL, um, playing for Carolina. So I like Carolina this yep. week. Yeah, Carolina should be really good, especially McCaffrey against that. The New Orleans Saints defense is really banged up right now. I think they lost Davenport and Lattimore for. I think believe surgeries. Anyway, my upset of the week is the Bengals over the Bears. I think Joe Burrow is really hot right now. I think he has a lot of weapons to play with. And last week we saw the Chicago Bears. They couldn't stop a toddler on the Rams offense. <laughs> it's going to be an air raid offense for the Bengals. I think that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are going to have a day. Hopefully T. Higgins gets over his cramping and dehydration issues, which was kind of scary. He got carted off last week, but he should be good to go. And yeah. Very quick, just to add on, sorry, that we didn't talk about this, but that was one of the most overlooked games this past week is Cincinnati. Like, oh, yeah. Nobody really talked about it. There, there was overtime. so much happening. But for Cincinnati to beat Minnesota, I don't think too many people had that happening. And mm-hmm. I think, again, there was so much happening, especially being the first week, that it kind of got overlooked. But Cincinnati, that was impressive, and I think I think that's a great pick, Caleb. Yeah, I was surprised that Burrow I, – I, honestly, it slipped my mind. I thought Burrow, for some reason, was just going to go further into recovery and not really be out there. Um, I don't know why I overlooked even scouting him. He's not on my mm-hmm. fantasy teams. I don't really care about them right. as a franchise. And I just assumed we had another four or five weeks without him. So, Oh, no, he looked really good. I don't think he made any mistakes. He was really poised in the pocket, and he made a lot of good plays. The Bears' defense in the past we've known as one of the top defenses over the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. But this secondary is not what it was mm-hmm. in those years. And we saw early, as you said, with the Van Jefferson touchdown, Kendall Vilder is not a good corner. He's, he should not be starting for this defense. This defense lost a bunch of corners in Tell free agency. That's how you really feel, Josh. They lost a couple of corners in free agency this offseason, and there's just obvious holes in the secondary, and I think that's going to be exposed with this passing offense. Okay, my upset is Indianapolis over the L.A. Rams. Colts, Colts dominate the time of possession in these games. We saw last game they had a ball a ton. They just weren't able to convert, and they also had touchdowns called back. This is a run funnel defense, and the the Colts are surrounding their offense around the run game. I believe they had 15 targets or so to their running backs last game, about half the targets that Carson Wentz had. And they're just going to be running the football and passing their running backs this entire game. And this defense, they, they're, 
they've said a ton since this game and this loss that they should have won, and they're saying that they're extremely hungry for this game, and the Rams are closer to 500 on the road in the last few years. So this is one of the games where they could lose, and I think that the games that you look at, they lost on the road. They lost against Duck Hodges, the Steeler, or Duck Hodges-led Steelers. They lost against the Jameis Winston Bucks. They lost against the Jets. They lost up against the backup 49ers twice. They lost against early rookie Tua. So they've lost a lot of games they should have won, and I think this is no surprise here if they were to lose. Yeah, I was super surprised, uh, not only with the Titans' slow start, but I really, really thought the Colts at home would maybe put a little more on Seattle. Seattle obviously is a great home team. They're great on the road, too. Don't get me wrong. They're a good football team. But I guess I thought the Colts would just be a little more active. So I agree, Josh. This, uh, I mean, I, I I hope you're right. I think L.A. is supercharged for sure. But uh, I'd like to see the Colts' weapons activate. So this is a good week for that to happen for sure. Good, Definitely a good pick. I originally had my lock, New England over the Jets, and I switched it before the show of Dallas over the Chargers. That's also an upset. So it's They're not favored to win. And let me explain why I think this is going to happen. Although I think the Chargers, like we've already said, a lot of young talent, great at wide receiver. I really think that Ezekiel Elliott not getting the football in, against the Buccaneers was smart coaching because who's going to run against that team? Let's be honest, that defense is absolutely Nobody. filthy. The and Chiefs the, had nine points in the Super Bowl. They couldn't right. do anything. Right? Yeah, and the last time we saw the Chiefs, we saw everybody, you know, we saw our boy Mahomes diving sideways and trying to make acrobatic throws just to Superman. save his own life. And um, Dallas, again, will be down an offensive lineman, um, so we won't be at full force there. But I think our offensive prowess will show a little bit. And I know Michael Gallup's out. We have other guys. Uh, don't forget we have two guys in front of them that are pretty good. But I think we're going to scheme for this well, and I'm just looking forward to it. It's my lock. It's my upset, um, just because I do think this is going to be a week that Dallas needs. I don't think the season's over if we go on 2 but it's horrible if you're a playoff contender to start. I think there was three teams last year that made the playoffs that started 0-2. I think that's the stat. And now they, two more teams go. So there's going to be even more people going. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. All right, everybody's upsets are in. Okay, last part of, of our preview is our hot takes. What do you guys have for a hot take, something we should be looking at this week? Yep, I have the Browns. Their running backs will have more yards than the Houston's offense. <laughs> By the way, uh, Cleveland is, a, at the time of the recording of the show, they're 11.5-point favorite. so you're saying their running backs will have Hunt, more yards. Hunt and Chubb will have more scrimmage yards than the Houston offense will. It's my okay. hot take. There's just hot take. You heard it here. You guys have one for me? Uh, my hot take is more just for the entire season in general. Watch Kyler Murray. And I know it's not general, necessarily a hot take, but if he keeps up this pace, the way he played and the way his, his pure talent and ability, he is not only going to be an MVP candidate, but he will be the MVP. Yep. And I wanted to say, with the Kyler Murray thing, is I think DeAndre Hopkins will go for a hat trick this game against the Minnesota defense. And we saw that Joe Burrow, obviously, only not throwing as much as he did last year, tore up Minnesota mm-hmm. in the passing game. And I think that's what DeAndre Hopkins is going to do in this game. Yeah, I was thinking of it, struggling to think of something that I, I could give that I think would be insightful. And I'm jumping on the Arizona bandwagon, too. I think that this defense will get to this quarterback five times again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Between, the, between, I'm not Wyatt saying one Chandler guy. Yeah. I'm Baker. saying that that Captain Kirk will hit the ground 
five times. He's known to hit the ground a bunch. He is known to hit the ground a bunch. All right, we're going to move into a segment that we call Educated Guess. This is waiver wire players that you might want to keep your eyes on. Caleb, take it away with your Educated Guesses. Yep, last week was a little more difficult for me because we haven't seen anybody play. So I was looking at people for snap count and targets that should be able to get third string, third string receivers. Right. Anyway, I'm going to list off a few that are pretty obvious. We don't have to go in depth about them. Um, for tight ends, Jawan Johnson for the Saints, Jared Cook for the Chargers, Cole Komet for the Bears. If they're on your waiver wire, scoop them up. Running back, obviously Elijah Mitchell. He got 19 carries, 100-plus yards for the Niners last week. He should be their guy with Mostert missing the whole year, they announced today. I mean, also Latavius Murray, the backup for the Ravens. He's been efficient, and they used him in tight game situations last night on Monday Night Football. And receivers, Van Jefferson for the Rams. He's their number three. Keep an eye on him. But I'm really going to deep dive into these five guys because they're – a little more obscure than the guys mm-hmm. I just named. Right. Number five, strictly PPR, Danny Amendola. Haven't heard his name in a few years. I think he's 55. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Sunday, he was 5 of 5 for 34 yards and a touchdown. He's playing with Tyrod Taylor, who's very efficient, surprisingly, in this offense. And there's going to be a lot of garbage time for this team. Did you say Tyrod Taylor is efficient in this offense. He was he was pretty impressive against the Jaguars. I'm just it is the Jaguars. Saying it right? again for the people. In the <laughs> it was back. pretty efficient. Yeah. No, but it's hard keep an to eye believe. on Danny Amendola. He will be their slot receiver this year. It seems he played pretty well in his first game with them. Number four, KJ Osborne. He is the number three wide receiver for the Vikings. He went seven of nine for 76 yards. He got nine targets, which is a ton, a ton mm-hmm. for a number three mm-hmm. receiver. Yeah. I think it's because Chad Beebe and Irv Smith are both on IR, so it freed up a lot of room on that offense. Cousins, he threw 49 times in that game. It was a shootout, and their schedule coming up, they play Arizona, Seattle, and Cleveland. So they're either going to be blown out, have to play garbage time to catch up, or it's going to be a shootout, so they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So keep an eye on K.J. Osborne. Number three, Cedric Wilson, wide receiver for the Cowboys. Michael Gallup got hurt. It opens up eight targets a game. Cedric Wilson plays okay. He averages 11 yards per catch. Last year, Dak's a top three quarterback this year, should be. And McCarthy trusts this guy. They use him on third downs. They use him on fourth down a few times. He's a special teams player, but he, he catches the ball pretty well and just keep an eye on him in this offense. Number two, Larry Roundtree the third. He's the backup for Austin Eckler. We all thought it was Justin Jackson coming into the year, but he played one snap this past week. Larry Roundtree had eight carries for 27 yards. His first run in the NFL was a 13-yard run. If you're looking for running backs, I know a lot of people are skimpy at running back. Pick up Larry Roundtree. He's the handcuff to Eckler based off what we see in week one. And lastly, it could be K.J. Hamler or Tim Patrick, but I'm leaning K.J. Hamler. Jerry Judy, we've all known and saw, hurt his ankle. He's out for two months. He's on the IR. K.J. Hamler in that game was three of four. He had 41 yards, and he dropped a 60-yard touchdown. So they trust him a lot with the deep ball. He's going to get more targets now. They announced today that he is the third wide receiver on the team. So keep an eye out for K.J. Hamler. He averages almost 13 yards a catch, and he runs a 4-3. So he's going to be open up that fast-paced dude on that's outside, like kind of like Robbie Anderson was with Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. last year. Right. Speaking of well, Teddy Two Gloves, as you famously put it, my guy. My guy. He looked really good yesterday. <laughs> he looked really it was, good. It was Teddy weird. Mahomes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Teddy Mahomes. Teddy, Teddy Mahomes. Mahomes. I love it. I don't know where Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, obviously he wears two gloves, but the first time you said that, Caleb. Yep. So just, let me just recap. Danny Amendola, KJ Osborne, Cedric Wilson, Larry Roundtree, and KJ Hamler. Two KJs. Yeah, and something I wanted to add about Danny Amendola. He's not an attractive pick, but this is the same coaching staff <laughs> He's good that looking. was same coaching staff that was with the Lions is now with the Texans. So they bring in the guys that they had from the Lions. 
recycling players. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Caleb, thank you for those educated guesses. Make sure you guys, if you do have waiver wire players you're looking to pick up, keep your eyes on those players for sure. All right. With the four of us here, this should be fun. We're going to go into our buy or sell. Josh is going to ask us a series of, or he's going to give us a series of statements with which we are going to reply and explain why we would buy or sell. Take it away, Josh. All right. For number one, we're going to go with, are you buying what Matt Nagy is selling? Andy Dalton is the starter and will finish the season as the starter. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I am selling, selling, selling. And and, and here's the reason why. Matt Nagy knows he needs this season to build some hope for, for the Chicago fan base. Andy Dalton just does not put fans in the seats. Mm-hmm. He's he's an okay quarterback. <laughs> I'm not saying he's trash. He's okay. He's decent, but he's not what the fans want. Justin Fields needs to be starting and should be starting by week five or six. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm selling this. I believe Justin Fields is obviously the more talented guy. He has the draft capital. We watched him last year in the national championship. He's a great quarterback. He's poised. He plays through injuries. He's tough. Fast, big, everything you want. And then when you look at Matt Nagy, he actually coached Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs for a little bit. And when Trubisky was there and healthy, they used him to be mobile a lot. They ran a lot of RPOs. And then Matt Nagy that year won the coach of the year. And I believe they had 11 to 13 wins and went to the playoffs. So when he does have a mobile quarterback under center, he's very good as a coach and very good play caller. Recently, they've been rough with the guys they've had, Nick Foles and I don't know what happened Mike to Trubisky. Glennon. Yeah, Mike Glennon. Trubisky kind of fell off. I think Fields is a way better option, and he'll open up the field with the RPOs more than anyone that's done that with him. I I tried to rationalize this and look at things and pull up numbers and stats. and, and um, Simple answer. Nagy's been on the hot seat because he is that guy who's supposed to produce this killer offense. And they did have Trubisky, and they couldn't produce with the young talent, even though they should have Other than one him. year. Yeah. He needs something to happen. Bottom line is sell. Because at the end of the day, I think Timmy said it quite well, actually. Andy Dalton's not going to put people in those seats. No one's excited that he's there. I mean, look, he's a great guy, you know. And and he's – he's. I, I painfully listened to Colin uh, Cowherd recently explain why Andy Dalton is among the best, you know, quarterbacks because of stats. Colin, you're a clown, bro. The eyeball test wins every time. This guy couldn't anchor down, uh, you know, the Cowboys. I know it was a new system first year, and he's not going to be the anchor in Chicago. Sell, 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 sell. Justin Fields will get his time this year. Yeah, and I'm no different. I'm going to go with sell. (laughs) Uh, I compared this kind of to what you're saying with Matt Nagy and Alex Smith to Mahomes and Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Kind of that situation, but not the same in terms of talent. Alex Smith was an MVP candidate. He went 26 touchdowns to five interceptions. The only person to have a rate like that was Aaron Rodgers, as well as he having a productive season in the run game as well. Andy Dalton obviously is not that. He's not an MVP candidate. They did not win this week. They did not do anything. He actually had two turnovers on fourth downs. He was not productive at all. And I just don't think that this team that already has a similar offense to what Ohio State runs, they knew that they were getting Justin Fields to fit in perfectly, and I just don't see how they're going to hold him out any longer than they are, and especially with Andy Dalton not performing. Yeah, and we even saw them put him in in the first quarter, right. and he scored a touchdown, right. two touches. So I, <laughs> Put I, him in. I don't know how I feel about – I'm not going to railroad you, Josh. You're going to get the next question ready. But I'm watching these young guys go in for a play or two or in the red zone, and I had the conversation at work there. We explained to someone that he went in 
And everybody just looks at me like, what? Like, you know, why are we rotating quarterbacks? Like, it, I don't know. I've never thought that worked. They tried it before my time. They tried it with, I believe, Roger Stallback and, and Morton. And yep. uh, the Cowboys have tried it. I think Lombardi tried it a little bit. Um, it doesn't work, you know. So, I mean, pick your poison. Go with it. And, you know, anyway, sorry. Yeah. I, kn- I know he. they put him in, in the red zone, but he did have more fantasy points than Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> that's painful <laughs> technically he was perfect right. he was yeah. two for two you can't can't argue perfect he rushed a touchdown right. Right? that's right yeah yeah wow all righty for number two we were talked about them earlier the tennessee titans are you buying that they will remain a playoff team this team i I'm, i was so excited when Tannehill got out of the curse of gase and he was able to go and, and show people what we already knew they opened uh last year with five consecutive wins which included blowing out the Bills and an overtime victory against the Texans with Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won five of their last seven regular season games, and they won their division. They haven't done that since 2008. So they they came in with tons of momentum. So I want to believe that last week was not ideal. It was a farce, and that they will get the wheels on that bus. Um, I say we buy. They win the division again, which means they make the playoffs. So I'm buying all day long. And I'm going to back you 100% on that, Dave. And I'm buying not because I'm so confident in the Tennessee Titans. It's because I'm not confident in the yeah. rest of the division. <laughs> and someone from that those four teams has to win the division. And the real question is more not so much do you believe in the Tennessee Titans. It's really do you believe the Indianapolis Colts have closed that gap between themselves and the Tennessee Titans. And I do not believe in Carson Wentz as much as some other people do. I love what Tennessee has. I like Mike Vrabel. I love that they've basically been consistent. They have a good core team that, that's been stable for the last few years. And let's not forget, they have one of the best running backs yeah. in all of football. And so it's hard to bet against that. I am buying. Yeah, I, I that good take. Yep, I'm going to buy as well. Obviously, the Titans, they, they could start slow. It's okay. We saw a lot of teams start slow this week. We watched the Packers, obviously, the Titans, and the Colts even start slow. I think that the Colts are the second-best team in this division right now. I think the Titans still have that crown until it's not theirs. we got to see when they play each other, especially I think when you have Derrick Henry in there, 2,000-yard rusher. he could They can change the pace of the game with them whenever they want to. I think they just started really rough because they couldn't protect – Tannehill that game they could control the offense so I don't think everyone's going to have a a front seven like Arizona does I think they're going to pick it up and they're still going to be a playoff team yeah and as we saw last year the Jaguars obviously being the first pick one and 15 we saw the Texans four and 12 with Deshaun Watson we saw the Colts had the same record as the Titans but they could both go to the playoffs and I just don't think that the Texans and Jaguars as you were saying Tim there there's no competition in this in this division and I think that the Titans really have to continue being bad like they were in the first game to not make the playoffs they have matchups obviously two against the jacksonville jaguars two against the texans one against the jets they have a a lot of easy games coming up and if they don't capitalize and they won't be a playoff team obviously but i I still still think they will make the playoffs yeah no all good points so we're all actually we're all in on this one we agree 100 (laughs) percent That's real. We all agreed on the, the one before, too. Right, wow. Well, yeah, in the other direction, <laughs> but that's that's true. And here is one we might not agree on. Tyson Williams, will he be the answer at running back for the Baltimore Ravens this season? <laughs> <For> the- <laughs> deep, deep breaths all the way <laughs> so around. So for the season, 
he might have to be the answer, to be honest. Um, I'm not ready to say buy or sell. Here, here's the one thing with Baltimore. I think they're going to find themselves, you know, we have some high-octane high, high octane offenses in the AFC, especially, you know, the Chiefs and one of the best defenses is offense. And to be able to run the ball and kind of, I, I know I'm jumping divisions, but uh, over to what the, the Saints did this week with Aaron Rodgers, the way they, they uh, handled that first half was to run the ball and keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. The, the Baltimore, to keep up with some of these high-octane offenses such as the Bills, Steelers, and of course um, the, the Chiefs, is going to have to be to run the ball to maintain the clock. Uh, I'm going to, oh goodness, I'm on the clock on this one. Whether uh, I'm on the fence on this one, I should say. I, I'm going to sell only for the fact that I think they need a running back, but I do not think he is he is the answer. I think I'm going to buy on this one. Like Josh said, we are going to disagree because we only see one game with him, but he did rush for nine times in the first half for 94 yards and a touchdown. He's extremely efficient. One thing that the coaching staff has said he needs to be working on, he could be coached up on easily, is pass blocking. The reason I think that Lamar fumbled that ball at the end that cost him the game, when you rewatch it, he missed his assignment, and Lamar got tackled a little early. I think that that's easily coachable. You can't coach people like Le'Veon Bell or Latavius Murray to be younger. Yeah. You can't teach them to be more explosive. This right. guy is already explosive, and he's young. Yeah. I think they can teach him how to, to block more this year. I think they have to rely on him because he is their most explosive back. Yeah, I'm going to sell... I think this is going to be a committee. We saw, we've seen them have a committee because they run the ball so much, but I believe it's going to be more so a committee because Tyson Williams did not play college last year. He's a rookie. He did not play last year, and it's obviously his first year on the team. And Latavius Murray being a great fit and the veteran that he is, I think he provides better things in every aspect other than explosiveness, as you were saying. We saw he, bas- he really wasn't that good last night, but he did have that big run for 40 yards and a touchdown in the middle of the game. So I think that he brings explosiveness and he's a good number two for this offense. I don't believe in Murray um, at all. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to contribute much. He's, he's a, he's a body to rotate in. I guess the short answer is why not? I mean, uh, listening to what the coaches and the team says about him, they love his balance, his powers, explode. They can't talk. Uh, they talk highly about everything. What they didn't want was to have to, try him out this early they want to give him a little more time because they do like the physical part of his game so my answer is why not sure i mean they don't have any options like tim said i mean they've been blowing out achilles or whatever what is this four guys down in front of them now yes they have yep all the running backs are hurt yeah and he was the last option they picked up four yeah and i don't see l bell really just jumping in and being super i mean if you no offense but if you couldn't get it going in kansas city and then you blame them for not getting it going. You're not going to get it going here. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, why not? Let's buy that. So two buys, two sells. Let's buy it. Okay. Well, for the next one, the Dolphins, they're the only team in the NFC East, or AFC East to have a win. Do you think that they will stay atop of the AFC East for the rest of the season? Oh, I'll take this one. Um, again, why not? I mean, they've steadily been getting better and better. Last year, they were middle of the road on offense at 15th, so they have some room to improve, and I think they will. They've changed their game just enough with personnel to be a little better, so they can improve on that. Their defense was already top 10, arguably top 5, actually, but um, not a lot of room to go there. I think they'll still be a good defense this year, and they finished 10-6, so the reality is Buffalo's looming, but I see some places on Buffalo's schedule where they have a chance to falter. So, since you said atop the AFC East, they will be atop. I don't know if they'll be on top, but I think that it's a two-legged race there with Buffalo. So, 
yes, I'm buying. I think they will not win the AFC North, but they will be right there with Buffalo in the AFC North. Are they competing with the Steelers now? Yes. Oh, AFC East. <laughs> That's what I get no, for you're good. That's what I get for not reading my nose and just Yeah. Right there with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I I, I think Buffalo I think it's still Buffalo's um uh division. Uh, I so I, I do not think that they win the division for sure. I do think the battle for second place really is going to become, uh, to me, I think New England has really gained some ground. I love a lot of the signings Belichick made this offseason. I think I think it's between New England and um, uh, the Dolphins, and I really think it could come down to some of these last few, the, the last few weeks of the season, and especially in their head-to-head matchups. I'm going to sell only because I think I, I'd like to see I could see New England coming out on top in those matchups. I'm going to sell. I think there's two problems here for the Dolphins, Bill Belichick and the Bills, both Bills. I think Bill <laughs> Belichick is way too good. I think mm-hmm. people slept on him last year because of their worst year in his career where he had eight wins or something like that. <laughs> anyway, I think he's too good to not be the top one or two team. And I think the Bills obviously last year started breaking out with their offense and defense. I think that what Brian Dable brings to their offense is too good for the Dolphins to stop, in my opinion. I just think even if they split with them this year, if they split with both the Patriots and the Bills, they won't be the one or two option there. So I think that they will be the third option I'm selling. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go buy. This is one of the closest divisions in, in the league. I think any of the teams, aside from the Jets, could be on top. But I think that the Dolphins have the edge. They have this, They have the second... Sorry, they have Josh, there's Josh Allen, then Tua. Mm-hmm. He's the second veteran because there's two rookies in the division. Right. And I think that that automatically slates them in to a top two position. I think that the Patriots are still too young right now, too undeveloped at this point to be at the top of the division. As we saw, a lot of mistakes in their game against the Dolphins earlier, as well as the Dolphins having a very soft, very kind schedule. They play against the Raiders, the Jags, the Falcons, the Giants, the Jets, the Jets. And it's just a lot of games that they could easily walk into. I just talked about their defense has a lot of takeaways, a very solid defense. And I think this offense is going to get humming early or later in the season as they were last year. Yeah, this is good that you mentioned a pair of bills that are standing in front of them because <laughs> it's so tough to tell what Bill Belichick is going to do um, with this young quarterback. I mean, we all agree he looks a lot like Brady in terms of he's smart. He you know he does he plays a style of game that Brady likes to play. Of course, unproven. So that's that's a good point. It's obviously the the, the great thing about this game is there's parity and every year it changes. So yeah. um, you can always count on that. All right. So th- we split again. Two buys, two sells again. We split again. Mm-hmm. Josh, thanks for buy and sell. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to to wrap up. Yeah, we have one more. Oh ho ho! Go ahead. <laughs> Last one here. We have. Obviously, with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down, mm. Taylor Heineke is going to be stepping in. Will he be the starter for the rest of the season? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on that because I think he is the, the the potential future for Washington. My my concern though is just looking at their schedule. They've got a tough schedule this year. Washington, they're they're playing. Um, you know, this week they have possibly an easy one against the Giants, but then they, they go uh, the Bills, they, they've got um, the Saints, they've got Chiefs, Packers, they play the Buccaneers, mm. they've played Seattle. It, it, it's not an easy road. So road, I, yeah. I don't see them um, necessarily having a winning um, 
record come come the time that Fitzmagic's ready to come back. But I think uh, Ron Rivera is going to stick with them to see what they have because everyone knows the situation. They're they're not building a team around Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And so I think they need to stick with uh, Heineke and see what they have with him. And if it winds up being a hot mess and he's just a complete disaster, then maybe they know we might need to draft someone or or look for the the quarterback of our future. Heck, Aaron Rodgers might be out there. Uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson might be out there. Deshaun Watson might be out. Maybe it's not even drafting. Maybe they make that next step and they can feel comfortable about moving on from Taylor. I am going to sell. I think Taylor Heineke is a backup quarterback. He's only played four games as a starter. Although one of those games in the playoffs against the, the Buccaneers, and he played pretty well. I think four games is not enough to know. I think he looked okay so far. His schedule, like Tim said, is atrocious. He plays a divisional game with the Giants, Buffalo, then Atlanta, which they could win. But New Orleans, the Chiefs, Green Bay, and Denver all look like losses to me. I think they're going to try and get somebody to kind of hold on and not be the worst in the division. Because like, like Tim said, there are people we can get in free agency like Aaron Rodgers or like Deshaun Watson. I think they can easily sign a Cam Newton because of Ron Rivera or sign an RG3. Same type of offense they want to run. Yeah. Y'all all look surprised. Bringing it, bringing it back. Bringing it back. Right? I'm saying there's options <laughs> they could have. the clock night. They're having <laughs> options there to pick up. I don't think Tyler Heineke is the answer. Taylor Heineke, excuse me. Yeah, I don't think he's the long-term answer at all. But he, all he's done with his team so far in his two games has impressed. He obviously, as you're talking about, held his own against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. And then he held a very solid game against the Chargers just last week. And I think that he... He could be solid for this team. There's not many options out there, obviously. They're rolling out there with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And as you're talking about Cam Newton, and there's a couple other athletic free agents available, but I don't think that there's players as athletic as Taylor Heineke other than Cam Newton when you look at the quarterback position. He did run a 4.67 at his 40 time, and he's very mobile, very fast. And I think that he brings two sides to the quarterback position. Obviously, everyone wants to get now a kind of like a running type quarterback and I think that he can bring that to this offense while there's not many people in free agency available for them to replace him with yeah and what does it say about Cam Newton if Riverboat Ron won't even pull the trigger and bring him back in at a discounted rate you know um well he he did get rid of him yeah he did yeah he did (laughs) oh sorry there's something else I want to add they were willing to roll out the in the Panther season with Kyle Allen they were willing to roll out last year with Kyle Allen until he got hurt so I don't know what kind of quarterback moves they were doing. Tim was saying they could easily get a quarterback next year, and I think that's what that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I was going to say I don't know if it's because we live in Washington football territory and ODU territory. So whenever I ask people their what their thoughts, they immediately go back to the performance last year against Tom Brady. Uh, and I think that's because he's kind of a, a local hero here. Uh, those stats, like you said, Kev, they're not enough of them to really measure up. There is no category for Hart. We know he's scrappy. We know that he's quick and he gets in there and he gets behind the lines. Hard to see him when he takes off. And he's he's had a reputation of doing that. He's not good enough to start for an NFL franchise week in and week out. And I think it will expose itself because there's just not enough gas in that tank for him. I mean, he laid it all out there. Almost separated his shoulder last year, remember? He's going to do that for you because he's scrappy and he's just got a heart of gold. And he, he's a competitor for sure. I like that. He's a great... Uh, Backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so. the, the team has been scraping the bottom for quarterbacks, oh. basically. Alex Smith, they brought him back even with the leg injury that he had. As I was talking about Kyle Allen, when he started for the Panthers, he was hot. He was like 4-0. and 
and then right afterwards he was very bad, and they still stuck with him. And I just think that they're willing to stick with what they have. Right. And I think the only move that they would make is Cam Newton. And I, again, uh, the fact that Riverboat Ron won't even jump on that really should tell you where Cam Newton has fallen um, recently. Yeah, bad. Josh, thanks for that. Um, we appreciate it. Um, I'm just going to ask these guys, just kind of you guys throw out anything that comes to mind. I want to ask you guys about hot and cold. Going into week two, what are some fantasy matchups that you see where you think these players, and, and uh, you can give me some no-brainers if you want, but What's some players that you think are going to be hot matchups that you need to have on your fantasy team? Uh, kind of a no-brainer. Well, some people are already trying to sell them for a bag of potato chips. Najee <laughs> Harris. Najee Harris, everybody. He's Najee the only Harris. running back last week, this year so far, we only played one week, to log 100% of the snaps on the field for the offense as a running back. Najee Harris is playing against the Raiders. The Ravens, last on Monday night, they had over 100 rushing yards against them. Najee Harris is going to get every single rushing attempt for the Steelers. Yeah, I love, love it. just looking at some of the – I agree. that That's an excellent choice. I, I look at some of these mismatches, and there are some some pretty big uh, mismatches in some of these. The obvious, you know, Green Bay, you got to love Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers sitting right there. I love Arizona's matchup this week against Minnesota. I think D-Hop, and I think, um, you know, even going going a little bit deeper there – um, with with some of their second, third, fourth <laughs> receivers, <laughs> start I all the Cardinals. I'd start anybody on Arizona, um, and, and I love DK Metcalf on mm. uh, with with Seattle. I I just think Seattle at home. Pete Carroll always prepares his teams. If you look mm-hmm. back at, at his history as a coach, September, October, his teams perform incredibly well. Um, and so I think they're opening their their week at home. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna do well, and I think Metcalf has a big game. Yeah, and especially with what the Titans' defense just showed us last year and last week, they were not able to hold many offenses down. So I think Gerald Everett's another solid play for that, for touchdowns at least. Sorry, Christian Kirk, I wanted to say, he had two touchdowns against Tennessee last week. I think Metcalf is three times his size physically. So I think he's going to have a big day, like Tim said, Uh, against Tennessee. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, Yeah. I already said one tight end, but I think I'm going to say Jared Cook for the Chargers playing against the Dallas Cowboys. They let the, the tight end one last week, Rob Gronkowski, 90 yards and two touchdowns, eight catches as well. And I think last year, when he play, or last game, Jared Cook plays against the Washington football team. He was placed in like he was for the uh, New Orleans Saints because it's the same offense. He had eight targets, five catches, 56 yards. And as we saw, very easy defense to score against as a tight end, and I think that he's going to continue that trend. Yeah, and as a Dallas fan, I'm terrified of Jared Cook. As Tim knows, the Packers, <laughs> the sideline catch, it's miserable. Yeah, it's so, yeah, Jared Cook's going to be really good against the Cowboys. I'm going to say this only because I think I've heard so much dialogue about this that I just want to chime in and get your feedback. Fantasy owners start Ezekiel Elliott. I think it was intentional for the coaching staff, as I said earlier. I think Zeke, he's lighter. He he still has explosiveness. He was playing the role last week and plugging holes and keeping Dak Prescott able to look down the field by blocking. He was getting out. If you look, he swung out quite a bit, waved his hand. Uh, he was being a team player. And uh, as we've predicted earlier in our uh, other episodes of this podcast, 
Zeke is going to have a good year. Fantasy owners, don't be afraid of him. He will. They will feed Zeke, and I think this is a good week for fantasy owners to, to jump on that. Yeah, and the reason for that was there was an obvious hole in the secondary when Murphy Bunting broke his arm, mm-hmm. and that's just what they kept abusing. They moved Murphy Bunting to the other side of the field, and they moved Amari Cooper right over there with him. So they just kept attacking that. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why Zeke wasn't able to produce last week. All right, any other start, or do you guys want to move on to Cole? You got another one? Yep, I have, one? I have one more. He plays for the Saints, Marquez Callaway. We saw him blow up in the preseason, and he's playing against the Carolina Panthers this week, playing against Action Jackson. And his two <laughs> games last year as the backup, not playing 100% of snaps last year, against the Panthers, he had he went eight catches, 75 yards. In the next game, three for 51. He's been efficient against the Panthers, two being his best games in the NFL, and he gets another matchup against them this week. Excellent. All right, let's talk about the cold side. Who are some guys that we probably should not have in our lineup this week? Um, I'm going to say Josh Jacobs. I'm not a fan of him. He rushed 10 times on Monday night for 34 yards, two touchdowns. It's kind of a inflated stat because one of them, he just fell into the end zone. One of them was an impressive 10-yard run, but I would fade him against this Pittsburgh defense. Pittsburgh didn't allow – they allowed – it's, it, it doesn't make sense to me to start Josh Jacobs. I can't even explain it. Pittsburgh's too good up front that they weren't efficient enough against Baltimore, a, a banged-up Baltimore team, for me to want to see them play against And Pittsburgh. I think they're trying to low-key his turf toe because they talked about mm-hmm. it a little bit, and he didn't yeah, make he, a he came out on Monday yeah, yeah. and changed his and cleats and He everything. does not look like a guy who wants to press forward a whole no. lot. Yeah, and I think the problem for him is inconsistency. He scores touchdowns here and there. There's games last last year he started off very hot and then he went very cold for about four or five games. Yeah. And I think his problem is inconsistency. We saw he was not consistent last night and the the big runs that he had were because of holding. And he was not explosive last night. And sticking with that same matchup, I, I I'm not big on Derek Carr for this week. I, I don't <laughs> see him um again, I don't like that matchup against Pittsburgh. I, I just think one, they're coming off the shortened week with the Monday night game. Pittsburgh did great at containing what some would argue is the top, maybe top three or four quarterback in the league in Josh Allen. And so they'll be home. I think Pittsburgh's going to be fired up, and I just don't like anybody on uh, the Vegas offense this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'll have one more cold. I would say Zach Wilson. I know people are kind of hype on him because he had two touchdowns last week. Don't know why. One was in garbage time. It really didn't matter. Zach Wilson, he's playing against Bill Belichick this week. As we saw last year, Justin Herbert, the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, MVP candidate maybe this year. He's highly, highly rapport, however you want to say that. He played Bill Belichick last year, had a 7 QBR, 7 QBR. He was miserably bad. And I don't think Zach Wilson is anywhere close to Justin Herbert. And Bill Belichick has his whole defense this year. I don't think it's going to be a good showing for Zach Wilson. And not to add that it's still a rookie head coach and a very young defense that is – their entire defensive end room is basically down. So it's going to be a rough outing for this team completely. Yeah, I've already had two people ask me this week about Kyle Pitts because, you know, he's number two. He's going to get number two targets, clearly. Don't start him against those Bucks defense. Um, Bruce Aarons also likes to make a point to go after young guys like Belichick does. So I, I think I think Pitts is going to be a player. He could be splashy, but for this week, I think that's a terrible matchup. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with the Falcons trend here. You were talking about Ezekiel Elliott against the Buccaneers. I said don't or Mike Davis was not going to have a great game last week. I don't think he's going to have a good game against this week. Zeke had 13 touches for 39 yards last week, and this Falcons team is no different, and they certainly don't have the same quarterback play 
in Atlanta that the Cowboys do, and they're not they're going to be having to pe- catch up to the Bucks the entire game. And I don't see where Mike Davis is going to get put into the game. Are, there. They, are they going to be smart enough? Which I thought it was brilliant that Dallas didn't try to run the ball as much. I know a lot of people think it was very coward, but. I think the Bucks are. Uh, I mean, I think the Falcons will try to establish the run and waste a lot. I, of the I'm play. sure they will, but they also don't have the the widespread as good as offense as the Cowboys do. Obviously, don't have three wide receiver one type players on their team. <laughs> they just have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, who's obviously a rookie and emerging in his own right right now. So it's going to be a tough game for the Falcons. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the Eagles were a tough game for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Falcons only put up six points last week. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that's. Gosh. I don't know. I don't. The Bucks, like I said earlier, it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said it before. I think the Bucks, uh, just the fact that they brought so many people back to a team where Tom Brady looks like a thirty-year-old quarterback, and he's got all this wide receiver talent and several running backs who can carry the load. A nasty, nasty defense. The Bucks are going to be fun to watch them steamroll that division. Yeah, and another thing, rookie Jalen Mayfield, who got drafted this year, off- offensive tackle. The Falcons have put him in an offensive guard. He has the lowest PFF rating of all time for an offensive lineman. He just people were just going right by him. He wasn't doing anything. It was it was pitiful. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. All right, thanks guys. Appreciate the insight. That is our hot and cold. I just want to wrap up this episode by looking at the schedule one more time. We'll ask our guys here in the room. Uh, I think that the game that I'm probably the absolute most absolute most excited to see is definitely not the Thursday night matchup at all. <laughs> um, I can honestly say I'm the most thrilled probably to see L.A. and the Colts. I think for me that's my premier game. Uh, I'm just super excited to see the Colts get rolling. I think L.A. is stacked, but I think the Colts are, and it's a matchup that if they're both firing on all cylinders, I think will give us and deliver a game. So I just want to ask each of you guys, is there one marquee matchup on the schedule that you want to tell our listeners that they absolutely should be watching this weekend? I'll say Dallas and the uh, Dallas and the Chargers, two top five, top six quarterbacks, great offenses. Dallas needing the bounce back, like you said before. I think they're going to come out with a great game plan. I'm a big Mike McCarthy fan, as you know, and so I, I think he'll have that team ready. And I think the Chargers will be, Chargers will be ready as well. And I think it's just going to be a, a phenomenal game. Yeah, I think one of my favorite games I'm looking forward to is the Niners versus the Eagles. I'm curious to see how that running back situation shakes out in San Francisco, and I want to see if Jalen Hurts can repeat what he just did last week. Yeah, could you point it out to me that many we think many football fans think Hurts is going to have a fantastic year, and this he'll do well in this matchup. Yeah, people are already comparing him to Kyler Murray. I love it. Yeah, I think for me, if, if I want to look at the Bears and Bengals game, if Andy Dalton cannot get going against his former team, then I think that we'll see Justin Fields sooner than later, and I just think that. He should have a good game against this team. And do you think Burrow will get rolling? Think it'll be competitive enough? They'll be fun uh, to watch. The, the Bears secondary just is not good. They have they have two or three good players, and the, we we saw. I already explained this, but we saw Van Jefferson wide open, Cooper mm-hmm. Cup wide open yeah. multiple times, Robert Woods, Tyler Higgins. We saw everyone on the Rams open, and it's just not going to change with Jamar Chase, Boyd, and <laughs> Higgins. Can you imagine the Cincinnati Bengals two and zero sitting at the top <laughs> of the division? When's the last time? That's that's woof. <laughs> Yeah, love I, think, it. I think it was in black and white. I actually <laughs> can't, I can't imagine that. I I've never seen that before. Yeah, I, maybe in the eighties when, right, when they went to yeah. Super Bowl with Collinsworth, Mike could remember that's that. Right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate you taking time to listen to our podcast. As always, if you do enjoy the show, we would love it if you would write us a review and please give us a five star rating. It really does help get the word out about our show. Also, don't forget that you can 
Go to YouTube and you can watch the audio portion of this podcast each and every week. And finally, for up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets. (laughs) 